Good day and welcome to the UEFA Champions League podcast for today, the 4th of March 2022, in the year of our Lord. Wherever you are tuning in to this episode from, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly, Philip. Alimo, I have love for sports. On today's episode, we'll be looking at football's fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'll be providing you a first-hand information of what has taken place in the world of soccer after reports of Russia's ban following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'll give you all the details that you need to know. Without much ado, welcome to the show. Wherever you are tuning in to this episode from, it's quite emotional and sensitive episode today. Sit back, relax, fasten your seatbelt as I give you all the nitty-gritties and details that you need to know. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has caused reverberations all across not just Europe but the entire globe. The global soccer community has risen up in protest of the hostilities and a number of actions have been taken to both support the nation of Ukraine and condemn the wartime actions of Russia. Most notably, FIFA will reportedly suspend the Russian Federation from upcoming competitions, almost surely eliminating the nation from contention at the 2022 World Cup. Those are nearly the only actions taken by the soccer community globally. However, as UEFA announced, the movement of the 2022 Champions League final, while national federations and individual players have called for support for Ukraine. Here's a recap of the actions taken so far with potential issues to be tackled by the world governing soccer authorities. But this is a recap of some of the actions that have been taken so far. FIFA announced on the afternoon of February 28 in a joint statement with UEFA that all Russian national teams and clubs will be suspended from all competition until further notice. And this is FIFA's statement banning or suspending Russian clubs and national teams from all competitions and this is what the statement read this statement was released on monday the 28th of february 2022 at 21 30 local time european time central european time and i read the statement of uefa and fifa it's a joint statement following the initial decisions adopted by the fifa council and the UEFA Executive Committee, which envisaged the adoption 
of additional measures. FIFA and UEFA have today decided together that all Russian teams, whether national representative teams or club teams, shall be suspended from participation in both FIFA and UEFA competitions until further notice. These decisions were adopted today by the Bureau of the FIFA Council and the Executive Committee of UEFA, respectively, the highest decision-making bodies of both institutions on such urgent matters. Football is fully united here and in full solidarity with all the people affected in Ukraine. Both presidents hope that the situation in Ukraine will improve significantly and rapidly so that football can again be a vector for unity and peace amongst people. End of statement from UEFA. The news was anticipated by reports earlier that morning that FIFA was in advance talks to suspend the Russian Federation from any and all activity in FIFA-sanctioned events until further notice. The news was anticipated globally earlier that morning, and it was no surprise. The immediate effects are threefold. First, the Russian men's national team is effectively barred from the 2022 World Cup qualifying games, where they were set to take on Poland in the semi-final of the qualification playoff round, with a game against Sweden or Czech Republic potentially to follow. Second, the Russian women's national team is barred from competition in this summer's Women's Euro 2022. Ted Spartak Moscow is eliminated from the Europa League by default, where the club was scheduled to take on RB Leipzig in the round of 16. Earlier in the day, the International Olympic Committee issued a recommendation that organizations across the world suspend both Russia and Belarus from sporting competition, which likely contributed to the decision. Previously, FIFA had released sanctions on the Russian Federation, announcing that the nation would be allowed to compete, but that no representation of the Russian flag or national team anthem could be played as part of the competition. They could not be referred as Russia, but instead could be called the Football Union of, or, of Russia or RFU. These sanctions were unilaterally criticized by fans and media upon release as too lenient with fans calling for Russia to be banned entirely and completely from the competition. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, what are the actions and ramifications? Again, one of the first tangible actions taken against the Russian Federation was the movement of the 2022 Champions League final, which UEFA announced would be stripped from St. Petersburg, Russia, and held instead in St. Denis, just north of Paris in France. And there's a full statement of UEFA announcing the decision to move the finals of the UEFA Champions League 
from St. Petersburg to start the France. The UEFA Executive Committee today held an extraordinary meeting following the grave escalation of the security situation in Europe. The UEFA Executive Committee decided to relocate the final of the 2021-2022 UEFA Men's Champions League from St. Petersburg to start the France in St. Denis. The game will be played as initially scheduled on Saturday, the 28th of May at 2100 Central European Time. UEFA wishes to express its thanks and appreciation to French President Emmanuel Macron for his personal support and commitment to have European club football's most prestigious game moved to France at a time of unparalleled crisis. Together with the French government, UEFA will fully support multi-stakeholder efforts to ensure the provision of rescue for football players and their families in Ukraine who face dire human suffering, destruction, and displacement. At that meeting, which took place on the 28th of February 2022, the UEFA Executive Committee also concluded that Russian and Ukrainian clubs and national teams competing in UEFA competitions will be required to play their home games at neutral venues until further notice. The UEFA Executive Committee further determined to remain on standby to convey further extraordinary meetings on a regular ongoing basis where required to reassess the legal and factual situation as it evolves and adopt further decisions as necessary. So that is the full statement from UEFA. The Russian Football Union president disagreed with the move and a Kremlin spokesperson called it a shame that such a decision had been made. But UEFA has taken additional steps. The executive committee will also force the lone Russian club still involved in European club competition to find a neutral venue for its games. Spartak Moscow is the last Russian or Ukrainian club still involved in an European club tournament in the round of 16 of the UEFA Europa League. It was drawn to play Germany's RB Leipzig in the round of 16 of the UEFA Europa League. But Spartak will have to play the match on the, oh, on the 17th of March, which is the home leg of that series, at a neutral venue after UEFA Executive Committee ruling. But as we speak now, they've been entirely banned from the tournament. What are some of the ramifications and all that has transpired so far? Again, with the Nations League and teams boycotting Russia. Across the globe, national federations have released statements announcing they will refuse to take the field against Russia should the country be allowed to compete. The move was started by Poland, Sweden, and Czech Republic, who released a joint statement saying they will not play against Russia in the upcoming World Cup qualifying games. That was followed by 
a joint statement again from England, Wales, Scotland and Ireland and many more. On the 28th of February, the United States joined the boycott announcing the nation would not participate in any games against Russian teams at any level or situation. What is it with the World Cup qualifiers at the Nations League? The UEFA decision to ask club involved in international competition to find a neutral venue also extends to national teams competing in UEFA competitions. The UEFA Nations League is such a competition with games to be held in June 2022. Ukraine is scheduled to play four games, including two home games against Armenia on the 11th of June this year and the Republic of Ireland on June the 14th. Russia's foursome of games during the window included home games against Iceland on June the 10th and Albania on June the 13th. But the national teams of both countries will also be involved in this coming month's European playoffs for the remaining tickets to the 2022 FIFA World Cup expected to be held in Qatar. Those are technically a FIFA competition, and FIFA has indicated that updates in relation to the upcoming FIFA World Cup qualifiers will be communicated in due course. If they want to advance to the 2022 World Cup, both Russia and Ukraine have to win two games scheduled for late match. Should they lose any one of them, they will be eliminated from contention from Qatar 2022. Ukraine was already scheduled to play both games on the road. A win in Scotland on the match 24 4th would see it face Wales or Austria again on the road on March 29th for a World Cup berth. Russia was scheduled to host both its games against Poland on the 24th of March and in case of a win, a potential second game against the Czech Republic or Sweden on March 29th. It still remains to be seen whether Ukraine will be, will be in a position to fill teams for these games. All three of Russia's potential World Cup qualifying opponents, Poland, Sweden and Czech Republic, released a joint statement before FIFA's suspension of Russia, saying they won't participate in the World Cup qualifying games against Russia. Polish star, for which I will give you a detail about who this star is, also released a statement and I'll be giving you that statement subsequently as we progress in the show. So this is all the fallout from what has happened so far in Russia. Ukraine have requested for ban of Russian and Russian clubs. Ukraine football authorities want to see more action from the world governing bodies against Russia and Russian club. The Ukrainian Federation released a recent communication detailing some eminent measures they would like to be put in place. And these measures include giving the military aggression of the Russian Federation against Ukraine, the Ukraine Association of Football Executive Committee decided to send to FIFA and UEFA appropriate appeals prohibiting the participation of national teams and clubs of Russia to participate in any international competitions under the auspices of FIFA and UEFA. They've also sent an appeal to UEFA 
regarding the situation as soon as possible to change the city and country of the Champions League final, which has already been done. Again, a lot of teams have pulled out in terms of their sponsorship and relationship with Russian businesses. And now, let me give you the details of all the fallouts. First, former Shakhtar coach Paolo Fonseca and current coach Roberto Di Zerbi, who, who were both in Ukraine, shared their experiences of the Russian invasion recently. So this is the former head coach of Shakhtar Donetsk, Paolo Fonseca, is Portuguese international. And this is what he had to say. I woke up at 5 a.m. with five explosions in a row. I had a flight scheduled for today, but now it is impossible to leave here because the airports are already destroyed and the airspace has been closed. The only way to get out of Kiev is by land, and everyone is trying to get to Lviv, a city near Poland. The streets are completely roadblocked. All we can do is pray that a bomb doesn't fall near us. Honestly, I don't know how I'm getting out of here. Shakhtar Donetsk coach Roberto Zibi had this to say. I could not turn my back on the fans. We could have returned home, but we preferred to wait. Last night, we woke up to the noise of explosions. There are no heroes here, but our job puts us in front of responsibilities. We were supposed to play on Saturday, so I could not run away. This is the Italian coach of Shakhtar Donet speaking in that statement, in that interview I just read out. Again, Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, there's a Ukrainian international who plays for Manchester City, Zinchenko. Pep Guardiola says Manchester City are supporting Zinchenko with Ukraine under military attack from Russia. And this is what Pep Guardiola had to say. What would we feel if our country, where we were born, we have family and friends, is attacked, innocent people being killed? How would you feel? This is Pep Guardiola. So I guess that's what he feels. And of course, the team, the club, is close to him unconditionally. Throughout this whole process, Manchester City have really been of full support to Zenchenko. They've given him all the support throughout the games. Manchester City have shown their solidarity. He was given the captain's handband. We had shown solidarity during the course of the week when Manchester City played in the FA Cup tie. Again, Bayern Munich striker and Polish international Robert Lewandowski backs Poland's decision to refuse to play their World Cup playoff against Russia in March. And Lewandowski had this to say. He put out this official statement on his Twitter. It is the right decision. I can't imagine playing a match against the Russian national team in a situation when armed aggression in Ukraine continues. Russian footballers and fans are not responsible for this. But we can't pretend that nothing 
is happening. What a, what a responsible statement from the Polish captain Robert Lewandowski. German coach Marcus has also left his position as Lokomotiv Moscow manager following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And he also had this to say before leaving his role as coach of Lokomotiv Moscow. This is what he had to say. I cannot pursue my calling in a country whose leader is responsible for a war of aggression in the middle of Europe. That is not in line with my values, which is why I've resigned from my position as coach of Lokomotiv Moscow with immediate effect. I can't stand on the training ground in Moscow, train the players, demand professionalism, and a few kilometers away, orders are given that bring great suffering to an entire people. Adidas have also suspended their partnership with the Russian Football Federation. They've been kit sponsors of the Russian national team since 2008. On Monday, Russian midfielder Aleski scored in Atlanta's win and refused to celebrate. His Ukrainian teammate, Raslan, revealed a message that read, No war in Ukraine, last Thursday when Atlanta played in the Europa League. And this is what they had to say on their official pages. His Atlanta teammate, Martin Deron, had this to say about Raslan, who comes from Ukraine. Raslan is having a rough time because his family and his city are in trouble. But both players, Milanovskij and Miranchuk, always talk together. There is nothing but friendship between them. Again, UEFA has officially ended its partnership with Russian energy corporation Gazprom throughout all competitions, including the Champions League, national team competitions, and Euro 2024. After Russia's suspension from football, Spartak Moscow are also now disqualified from the Europa League with their round of 16 opponents, RB Leipzig, advancing into the quarterfinals. Again, German Bundesliga side and previous participants in the Champions League currently playing in the Bundesliga 2, Schalke, have also confirmed that they've ended their partnership with Russian state-controlled sponsor Gazprom after previously removing the name of Gazprom from their shirts as sponsors. And talking of UEFA clubs pulling out of Russia and multinational corporations pulling out, this is another extensive detail of how multinational organizations are pulling out of Russia. And I'm giving you all the details that you need to know on your most comprehensive and authoritative sports show. Companies and organizations are severing ties with Russia after the invasion of Ukraine. Steps have been taken to cease production, close offices, and poor sales in Russia. The international fallout comes as the U.S. and other Western allies voted to remove some Russian banks from SWIFT over the weekend and executed other rounds of sanction on Russian financial institutions. Here's a full list of companies 
actions have been taken against and these companies cannot in any way have anything to do with Russia as far as sponsorship and investment or any economic and financial and investment decision is concerned. Dozens of companies and organizations cut ties with Russia over the invasion of Ukraine. H&M clothing retailer said on Wednesday its Ukrainian stores have been temporarily closed for safety reasons and the company has temporarily paused its sales in Russia. Streaming provider Roku removed the Russian state controller television network Russian Today from its channel stores in the U.S. Tuesday, one day after it was removed from European stores, according to multiple reports. Following decisions by FIFA and the Union of European Football Associations, that is UEFA, to ban Russian teams from competing, EA Sports have also announced it has begun removing the Russian national team and Russian clubs from its FIFA video games in solidarity with the Ukrainian people. Honda have also suspended exports of its cars and motorcycles to Russia, with a spokesperson for Honda confirming on Wednesday it was because of shipping and payment difficulties. Formula One, in a statement reported earlier on, have also cancelled its contract with a Russian Grand Prix promoter, meaning Russia will not have a race in the future. Boeing, on Tuesday, have also announced major operations in Moscow, along with maintenance, parts, and technical support services for Russian airlines, adding it shut down its Kiev office, according to multiple reports. West Ham Ukrainian striker Andrei has also made a substantial donation of £75,000 to his country's army in the wake of Russia's invasion. Sharif Tarispor, that dazzled our hearts with their debut performance in their Champions League a few weeks ago, the coach that left Sharif to that astounding performance in the Champions League has left his club to defend his native Ukraine. He's Ukrainian. And this is what he also had to say. My son called me at 4.30 a.m. And he told me the Russians attacked us. I knew then I would return to Ukraine to fight for my country. Right now, I think I'm not very far from the conflict. The heaviest battles are probably 120 kilometers away from where we are. But I made my decision, so everything is okay. I'm not afraid. Some of the sheriff boys have called me and have received voice messages. On the 1st of March, Sheriff played in the league against the rival and they won. I appreciate that. Thinking about football motivates me. Football is my life. I hope this war won't last for long. We will win and I will go back to my beloved work. This tells us how football and soccer 
is very passionate to all of us and what is currently happening is definitely devastating and it's affecting all key stakeholders involved in the beautiful game as a result of what is happening roman abramovich has had to put chelsea up for sale in our subsequent episode i'll be giving you all the details that you need to know on that as well shevchenko also recently released a statement he said i'm so proud to be ukrainian it's a very difficult moment for my country my people my family we have refugees we need humanitarian aid we need medical support food support it feels like i can do a lot here and i will do it this is andrei shevchenko the uefa champions league winner with ac milan and ukrainian football legend issuing that statement to his people again ukrainian international who plays his club football in moscow has also left the club and he also had this to say this is what andre veronin had to say i can no longer work in the country that is bombing my homeland if i were in ukraine if i were in ukraine right now i would probably have a gun in my hand too it's not the best of situations clubs have pulled out manchester united at aeroflot as its official airline partner and the deal was from 2018 until 2023 but manchester united have pulled out of that sponsorship and they've cancelled that sponsorship the annual value of that sponsorship was between seven and eight million euros uefa have also cancelled their major sponsorship deal with gazprom the deal was supposed to run from 2021 to 2024 and the combined value of that sponsorship deal was 50 million euros gazprom the main shirt sponsor for shalka 04 also the value of that deal was 30 million euros and was supposed to run from 2017 and to 2022 this year and they were already looking at renewing the deal that deal has also been cancelled major sponsorship deals with russian companies have been cancelled in our subsequent episode i'll be giving you more details about the fallout and how it's affecting chelsea as a football club how it's affecting everton and what are the ramifications as far as the owners of the clubs of these two clubs is concerned i'll be giving you all the nitty-gritties and the details that you need to know but for now this is the first and information of what has happened so far as far as footballs and soccer is concerned and the fallout from russia's invasion of ukraine until our next episode it's been great coming your way with today's edition of the uefa champions league podcast keep well stay safe enjoy your weekend i leave you with our official signature tunes be champions on this surreal moment i hope we'll always remain kind in our words and our deeds and in our actions 
to all and sundry. <laughs>